Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm learning a lot in quarantine. For example, red wine goes with everything, including coffee. I'm Brett Sager. This is my show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Brett from the Bunker. It is Monday, May 11th, 2020. I feel like I need to say even the year because sometimes we don't even know what year it is. I don't know about you, but that definitely happens to me. And I am joined today by Sharia Mattis. Sharia, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm, uh... Yeah, because my, que- my first question is always, how are you holding up? So that is my question to you. Um, I mean, I guess that's the first question, so I will not immediately start crying. Um, I, I'm all right. I'm actually all right. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a potentially loaded question, but I don't want to make anyone cry. <laughs> it is. It's just, it was hard. It, was, it, it has been hard. You know, I've had a few, like, family deaths and family friend oh, deaths. No. And, like, yeah, it's been a nightmare. Um, but it's it's. It's calming down now. I had to move. It's calming down now. Everything's all right. I have my health. Um, I'm pretty blessed considering, you know what I'm saying? So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you, you doing? Say, How are you holding uh, up? I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, I mean, it's, it's I, I, you fall into a routine. I mean, I think I could actually write out exactly what I do on almost every single day because it's just the same thing. Like I get up around the same time, you know, it varies a little, but pretty much around the same time. I sit down, I do a thing called morning pages that, uh, I don't know if you know that, that's, um, uh, I got it from Joe DeVito, the comedy writing teacher. Um, okay. He got it from, uh, from Julia Cameron. And it's, you just sort of sit down and write three pages of whatever pops into your head. You know, it just doesn't matter whatever's out there. And, you wow. know, I drink my coffee, I sit, whatever, I do this show, um, I watch a little Cuomo, I... Maybe depending, and it varies. Some days there's an open mic at noon. Some days there's not an open mic until four or five. You know, it's just it, it's it, it go to bed around the same time. It's just it's a very very routine. I mean, someone compared it to Groundhog Day, and I think that's very <laughs> accurate. It's really the, the days I, really do start to run together. I I see. I see the days do run together together for me, but it's not it's not it hasn't been as uh, simple as all that. I've been kind of doing. Up and down. Sometimes I cry at noon. Sometimes I cry in the morning. No, I, no. I keep it. I try to keep it fun. I try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> keep it varied, you know. So I, I don't know. It's been different. Like the the mics and everything. I like to do the virtual mics. Do you ever get so like post virtual mic sadness when you when you realize? What do you mean? What do you mean? I no, I don't think. No, I don't think no, so. No. Like, I'll, like even a good mic, I'll just I'll do a vir- virtual mic, and then everyone's like, bye, bye, bye. And it's not the same, like, 
post mic camaraderie that you would have. Oh, in the, oh yeah, time, no, listen. You know it, what I mean? There, there, I mean, it's nice to not be commuting, you know, like, I mean, it's, yeah. although, although I actually kind of miss my commute. I have people who listen to the show have heard me say this way too many times, but I'll say it again. Um, is I, I use the commute to watch my my dopey superhero CW shows, and so I'm way behind on those because I, I don't have the commute anymore. I used to watch them on the bus, um, so I kind of miss that. But you know, I mean, it's nice. You just pop in, you do, you know, you roll in, you get on your computer, you do it. Um, and I don't I don't know. I mean, I I, I mean, I, look. Obviously, I miss everything about the real world. I miss, you know, yeah. moving around all day for God, for God's sake. I mean, I'm, I'm stuck inside. I'm not, I took a walk yesterday for the first time in a week. I got to start doing that yeah. a little more often. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Before they take that away from us. So I think, uh, I think other people might screw up the, the daily walk for us. <laughs> no, we can't, we can't mess up the walk. All I got is my walk. That's, you know, I mean, and it's not even every day for me. Do you take a walk every day? I was taking a walk every day, but, like, I've noticed, like, people are not, like, following the guidelines at all. I think I have to take, like, a broomstick around with me and just beat people. I really do. They do not care. Like, I'm like, no. listen, I am, I am, I'm crawling with it. I must be. I'm living in Brooklyn. I mean, it, it's just, like, there's just no way that, like, I just feel scared that I'm going to infect everybody or that they're going to infect me. Some old guy hawked a loogie right in front of me when I was taking oh. a nice walk. I know. I was like, y'all are crazy. Like, I don't know. I mean, but I will say I, I the one thing I am really loving is not going to work. I love not working. It has been great <laughs> for my self esteem. What what did you what, what is your when you had a when you had a work to go to, what was your work? Uh, well, I was a professional server at an Italian restaurant. Um, ah, okay. So, yeah, I was pretty terrible at it as well. So I'm not, it was not like I was great at it, but I definitely did get yelled at quite a bit uh, for kind of stupid things. And it was just like, and the commute was bad. I don't miss the commute. I love that you miss your commute. I do not miss my commute at all whatsoever. I don't it, miss it, my commute. It's it's just I, I mean it's just working. it's a weird thing. Like I freely admit that, um, you know that uh, what's it called that it that it's an odd thing to miss. But it really is just that I you know that's when I would watch this particular slice of television, and I and it was and and in in the absence of that, like I've actually missed some episodes, and it's just like you okay, feel, I mean you I feel guess. you're that. Not a big deal. You feel your brain cells starting to come back just a bit. They're just regenerating. Listen, those are super, that's superhero television. Superhero television is very important for brain function. Everyone knows that there are studies. I think there was one from Harvard that specifically yeah. said we should be very, very conscious of our superhero television. So I, I watched like a little bit of The Flash because there's a black girl in it. And I was oh, like, she's so. Uh, do you have any idea how important that is? It, it, I, I did not, but because I, but so, so that now that's really interesting. So you, so you watch a little bit of the Flash because there, because there was a black girl in it. Go on. Yes. Um, I was like, I was like, because I'm really big on like having black female, like unambiguously black female representation in TV. But I was like, I don't deserve this. I don't need to sit through this for. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she's doing her thing. I don't. Bl- by the way, what? I don't blame you. I'm, I am in no way suggesting that you should be watching The Flash if it's not if it's not your thing. That being said, um, on my other podcast, Comics Who Love Comic Books, 
I had I had a terrific guest on Dimitri Wijasinger. I don't know if you know him. Um, he talked about um, Iris, now Iris West. The character in the comics was white, and so they decided to cast her uh, with a black woman. And but it went it goes deeper than that because not only that, but she's she's black. Her father is black, and they adopted yep. Barry. So Barry yeah, yeah. technically has a black father. You know, so that's really interesting. Now, th- now, based on that, he's also technically married to his sister, but that, but we don't like to talk about that. Yeah, wait, because it was I, I didn't get that far. It was just like there's some weird sexual tension, and I'm uncomfortable. So, like, that was <laughs> of where I was with that. But you know, I'll give it another chance. I watched Steven Universe and. Uh, trash television. I can't really judge you at all. I watch children's films that, and Korean dramas. That's what I've been watching since the quarantine. <laughs> Korean? You mean like Korean? So you mean like Korean soap operas? Hell yeah! I oh, I don't know anything Korean. about that. Tell me about that. I want to know what I want to know oh, about that. My. Oh, you this, see, you made a mistake. You, this is this is you know what this is. You just activated the you know like the, the guy in the back of the class that talks about trains all the time. You just activated that. <laughs> Inside of me, you've made a huge mistake. Um, I've been really, it's it's great because it's like, it's like living in a world that is nothing like this. (laughs) That's what it is. And it's just like very good looking people speaking a very beautiful, sonorous language and slapping each other with kimchi. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And I highly recommend like going on Netflix or Hulu or whatever and just watching as many Korean films and Korean dramas, as you possibly can stomach, uh, really. And there's so I mean, long. this is very much a thing. So just to you know, I sorry, I googled Korean soap opera, and it's a Korean drama. You were right. Uh, it's, um, I don't yeah. mean to call it a soap opera, but there's the the, the second link is the 25 best Korean dramas. 25. Ooh, what, did they, what did they say were the 25? I might because like my um, favorite. Go me to start at the t- start at the top. The greatest love What's is the one. one? Number one is the greatest love is number twenty five. Greatest love, okay, that was that was actually a good one. That's an old one. <laughs> okay, so you know these. Uh, I mean, what, oh, once there's yeah. twenty five of something, I go like like there's. A, uh, what is your favorite? Oh my God! Look at the length of this list. The number they say the number one is my love from the star. I love that one, but this must have been made before. I love, I love, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like something like that it's so good it's it's about this like alien hot alien that comes to earth and like he falls in love with a hot movie star and it's like a tragic they have to find each other that one is great that one is great that's actually really great one but it's an old you're saying the one i just said my love from the star is about an alien yes it sure is (laughs) it's about a hot alien I'm, I got to admit, I'm curious. Yeah, my girl, my, my gr- number number four is my girlfriend is a nine-tailed fox. I love that drama. That is a great one. Okay, so there, that is a great one. I, that's number four. That is a great yeah. one. Uh, um, that one is um, um, what's his name? Oh, uh, I can't remember his name. He used to be really big. He had like a song that was really hot too. He's uh, he used to date another Korean pop star. But anyway, he's like. A cute guy and uh, uh, Shin uh, Shin 
Chinese, um, uh, like a she's a gumiho, which is like gumiho. There you go, yeah, gumiho. Gumiho. It's it's like a it's like a special fairy tale creature that I've only heard of in like Asian like folk tales or whatever. And she's apparently supposed to be evil, and she like lives forever, but she's not evil. She just eats a lot, and she's really silly and beautiful, and they fall in love. And again, they have it's a tragic. Uh, for a little bit, and then they come back together. This is the this is all Korean dramas kind of have to follow the same formula, but they can go anywhere within that. So, like it's pretty good. Wow, um, that's wow. Let me let me find my best Owen Wilson. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know what? You really do sound like Owen Wilson. Uh, it's surprisingly easy. I don't really do impressions, and that one I, I discovered that like by accident. It's it's uh, wow. It's it's not that it's it, it's it's weirdly easy. Um, but I, my, I, I may I may have found a new thing. Like my wife and I, we just finished The Crown, which we which we love, um, which okay. is which is monumentally white, but it, but it, but period appropriate white. It's not yeah, white the way it's not like it's not white like like in the story they're telling. There really aren't any black people, which is which you can say is enough of a reason to say like, nah, I don't want to watch that. But at the same time, um. You know, it's not it, it's not like they're leaving them out. It's not like Friends, like you know, like like something like Friends. If there are <laughs> black people in New York, they're just not on that show. You know, <laughs> that's, that's apps. Friends or How I Met Your Mother. Those are those are yeah. It's like they're, it's like the, it's like hey guys, remember that you live in New York? <laughs> it's, it's not, <laughs> that's you know, that's, that's like a white person see of New York. There are no minority. It's just what, the big buildings. And what, what's shops. amazing <laughs> is that. It's amazing how we just didn't notice, like, because that was, you know, and I'm not, I'm, and I'm saying we, and by we I mean white people, I, you know, like, <laughs> like that was that was television, that was it, that was what that, you know, we were just sort of like, oh yeah, this is great, you know, and then uh, you look at it now and it's like, oh, where's where's the black people? <laughs> I don't yeah, understand. Right, oh I, I love you right now because I complain about this constantly, and everyone's like, here you shut up, but like. <laughs> True. It's, it's a, but it's object, it's objectively true, and it, and it, it doesn't make any sense because you look at this is this is such a this is almost a hack example because it was such a big deal. But you look at a movie like Black Panther, and how it just destroys everything. Like you know, Black Panther did like it didn't just do well for a Marvel movie. Like it did well beyond all you know reasonable expectations. But I knew people who who said you don't understand what this is going to mean to black people before it even came out. And yeah. then it did, and it just it was you know like oh wait a minute you you make a movie with with you know an almost entirely black ass and it's gonna blow up yeah I guess so you know dude so, I'm telling you I saw that movie in Hot Yai Thailand which is like on the border of Malaysia and Thailand and I was for sure the only black person in the theater and I sobbed hysterically as <laughs> multiple Thai and Malaysian people came up to me afterwards. Like, are you okay? How, how I had been sobbing, why I was sobbing at the end of this movie, and I didn't know how to explain. Like, I just don't see a lot of black people. I just <laughs> explain it. Like, it was so powerful just to see black people on screen doing things. It's it's so silly, but it kind of is. Like, it's why Tyler Perry got so much money. He's built an empire off of terrible movies just because 
people are desperate to look at black people. <laughs> right. Well, that, I was going to say, like, because, I mean, I'm glad you said that because, I mean, I, I sort of – I would be willing to accept that maybe it's just not for me. But, I mean, every time I see even a snippet of a Tyler Perry thing, I'm kind of like, ooh, you know, what right, are well, we talking I about mean, here? The black community has decided to rally around uh, Tyler Perry to say, no, 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 these are good movies. Just don't watch them. Um, so I think you might have to cut this part out. Um, <laughs> this is live. We're all live. We're so. all supposed to pretend that these are good movies. I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, like, they those movies do fine. They don't do like Black Panther numbers. Like, I mean, I I, I like yeah. to think that Black Panther had you know the mighty Marvel machine behind it, um, and also was a was a really really good movie. Like like it you know I've seen it I've seen it a bunch of times. I you know yeah. I, I'd I'd sit down and watch it right now. It's a great movie. It's an objectively good film, and black people are in it. And then that that turns into box office dollars, and it's so yeah. weird how they just don't. Fought. Like I, I figured after Black Panther, like oh, we're gonna get a slate of just constant like black people films, and it just didn't happen. I don't know. I'm my conspiracy theory brain is going off. I think it's the government and the the chemtrails or something. I don't know why, but it doesn't make any sense. Like. We need more black folks in movies. I'm glad that you're on this train with me, Brad. I'm oh, 100 percent, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, I first of all, when it comes, to, this is a little different, but when it comes to the superhero movies, I'm going to see them anyway, so I just assume they'd be good. You know, like I even saw Aquaman. Aquaman was a terrible movie, but I saw it because it's a superhero movie, and that's what I do. I see the superhero movies. So something like Black Panther comes along, something that I can watch five times and be happy, and I can show to my nephew, and I can, you know, and, uh, you know, and but I also think that it matters. Like the representation is really, really important that you have a movie like that and you have a kid who grows up seeing it and they don't think it's weird to have black people in a movie. Like there's a there's a there's a cartoon version of um, the Justice League and uh, they they use a black character as Green Lantern. And so my kids grew up with that. So they see Green Lantern as black. They don't think they, they think it's weird when he's white. And it was really interesting to see that it's because it's all it's a function of is what they grew up with. That's it. I mean, really, and you know what's funny? Like, I grew up in the in the '90s, so there was actually a ton of black film, like black media representation in the early '90s, early to mid '90s. Like, it was like UPN. I don't know if you remember, like WB. Do you remember any of that stuff? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there were all these black shows, like Moesha. I remember uh, Cinderella, the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella was brand Oh yeah. Was, oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Oh, I could never forget about that. <laughs> with uh-huh. Black Cinderella and it was so beautiful to me and then like the shift happened in kind of the late 90s early 2000s and all the black people left the media and I think it was such a huge change for me that it has stuck in my mind ever since now I cannot enjoy anything without screaming where are the black people <laughs> so no you hard. should it's important be, if people say it then maybe it maybe someone will listen I mean you know that black Panther. I mean black Panther's a thing like black Panther's a character that goes all the way back to the 60s and yeah. they had tried to make a movie for a while it just never quite happened they needed the you know the sort of Marvel thing to come together um, and it finally did and lightning struck and it was you know it was amazing and you know I'm sure we're going to get a second one at some point I'm, I, well, I, I think thankfully they're not rushing it. I, I I think it's better that they wait until they decide, until they know what story they want to tell, and you know, don't just throw it all together. But um, yeah. no, I mean, I, I, I you know, I wish I could sort of say like, well, I think it's because of this, but I, I just 
I think there's no good reason for it. I think it's I think it's just people being short sighted and not not using yep. more I, of the world in their same, movies. Same, 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 same. I think people. Yeah, I I think people just can't. They just don't have the vision. The people that are in charge largely don't have the vision, and they don't know how to tell. Often you'll ask them, like, well, why didn't you, like, when they asked Lena Dunham, like, how come all the girls are white girls in Brooklyn? And she was like, I just don't know any black people, and I don't really know how to tell their stories, and I don't want to hire any. (laughs) What was you going to say? So hire a writer, Lena Dunham. I mean, come on. I mean, I what do you want? I I mean, by, by the way, you know who did that? Mel Brooks. When he made Blazing Saddles, he hired Richard Pryor. Whoa. Oh, my God. Like, even, and, you know, I, and it's so funny because I just said, okay, those 90s. But also, I grew up on the Pryor, like, uh, um, oh, God, uh, I'm so tired. I haven't had Gene, my coffee. Gene Wilder. Gene, Gene Wilder, Wilder movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like people. I'm sorry. I love Gene Wilder. Oh, oh no, Gene Wilder's great. I grew up, I grew up on, like, crazy and and like all those movies and I kind of expected I've always kind of expected to see black people prominently featured in the media and then when I started to come to my own kind of media consciousness there were none and it kind of flipped the whole thing upside down and I think it's like yeah it's short-sightedness but like you could look further back and see how well it works when you you have a diverse cast like it works it works you need diverse yeah points of view to make a decent story like it's important i think i don't know i don't know i think so yeah, I, I totally I... agree i, I think 100 <laughs> i mean i there was a movie i think i think it was the best man that this is this goes way 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 back oh I my say god yes. mid mid 90s it's uh malcolm yes. lee right spike lee's brother yes. And oh, I, I, I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, oh, yeah, it was sort of, it was I mean, in a way, it was a similar experience to Black Panther. I mean, just to a much lesser extent, obviously, but where it was like, oh, an all black cast. Isn't that interesting? This is a version of a story like there's no reason why you can't tell more stories like this. This is a, a wedding with black people. And it's just that's this is it. And it was and I thought it was cool to see something that I hadn't seen before. You know, they made a sequel, right? Yes, I do. Well, well, didn't they? Oh, is there a sequel, or, or there, are there, isn't there more than one? Isn't there a holiday, or is a holiday the sequel? You absolutely right. They made they made. We don't know. I think the Best Man Holiday is the sequel. Is the sequel okay? But then again, I don't know. It's they're not great films, but they are. <laughs> I do remember. Those I thought it was fun. Started. I really thought. I really thought. I just you know. Again, I'm not suggesting that it was. Um, like you know, it's not Black Panther. I mean, it's not what we're talking about. And it's but, not Citizen Kane. But it is no, a, no, no, no. But it was, a, but it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's a very I enjoyable movie. Rom-com. Um, I love. There's a, a Sanaa Lathan is in that. She was like the queen of like the black girl rom coms for like right. the three years that they start, they were making them, and I was obsessed with those things. And they're not great. <laughs> they're not masterpieces. But I love just seeing black people in kind of non-extraordinary situations just kind of like live in their lives you know i think that's that can sometimes be the most revolutionary thing of all just being black people just hanging out give you give you some numbers though the a a best man nine million dollar budget 34 million dollar box office best man best man holiday 17 million dollar budget 71 million dollar box office those are nice numbers those are great numbers. Like Girls Trip too. Girls Trip was made on like five dollars and made so much money. Like, 
And well, Girl Strip, Girl Strip was a huge hit. It was. Is that the same, is it it the same director? Is is Girl Strip the same director? No, no, no. I don't know. I'm, so I'm looking. Oh no, I'm just thinking of like black Produ- producer. No, no, yes, yeah, it is the same. It is the same director, Malcolm, Malcolm Lee. It's the same director. Yeah, same director. Twenty What's million dollar budget, one hundred and forty million dollar box office. Bro, like what? Like it's that's so great. Just- that that's nuts. Anyone, anyone would be happy to have that. for representation, really. And it's so silly, like, producers are like, ah, 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 I don't know, I don't know. It's very strange. I think we should investigate. I think you and I should, uh, you know, investigate. I think we'd make a good, I think we'd make a good Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor team. I don't Let's know. Let's go for it. I, I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Let's let's investigate this conspiracy. I love it. Let's, let's, get, let's get those scripts. It's, uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. We can um, you, get... get Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm interrupting you. I I just wanted to know more about you since we're gonna do this uh this comedy buddy cop film yes, or whatever. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, I I, I am uh, I, I am I am very white. I am very Jewish. Those are okay. uh, hallmarks of of comedy. I I initially <laughs> talked. I I used to talk a lot about that in my stand up, but I don't really anymore. Um, just because it's a, it's a little you know you don't want to get into a, a hacky like hey kind of thing going on um and um because yeah because we don't really know each other uh this was uh this was rebecca kaplan suggested it right yes i love her i love rebecca rebecca's kaplan. the best rebecca's the best with she she is she is truly wonderful um She's lovely. So, so so tell me more about you like what do you like uh how did you get into comedy um, I don't know. So, like, for a long time, I was, like, a comedy nerd, right? Like, I used to Marin, <laughs> like, a minor. Um, and I, you know, I used to go to, you know, comedy shows and all these things, but I had massive anxiety and depression and to the point where, like, it was just not even feasible for me to even think of going on stage. And then, you know, I, I traveled for a bit and I discovered, like, the comedy scene in Hanoi and Bangkok and stuff oh, like wow. that. And I, yeah, I wasn't, I still was too scared to go up. I just was like, I, I just would go and go to the open mics and be like, I could definitely do this and then not do it. Um, and then I kind of got like through circumstances thrown back here after five years in Asia, I came back here and I was like, you know what? I kind of, it was such a crazy story. It's a long ass story about how I ended up back in, in America. But anyway, I ended up back here and I was like, you know what? There's no excuse now. I, I need to just, I just need to do it. Um, and then proceeded to, again, not do it for another month. And then finally I did it. I finally got back. I, I did to, went to LA and I, I, I finally did some open mics and I was like, there's no turning back now. So I've just kind of been going full steam ahead since then I was getting booked. I was doing well. I was writing and writing and doing and doing. And then, and then this hit. Like I'm pretty new. And then this hit. And then it's just kind of like, whew, wish I hadn't waited so long to get into this game because it's. I'm I'm worried about the future of comedy. Like post Corona, you know what I mean? Like sure. This this in the kissing booth industry. It's it's the hardest hit industries. <laughs> it really is. Like to gather all these people in the room and have people spitting on mics and holding mics. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, no, if one, <sighs> if one comedian gets it, we're all toast. I think people are going to be bringing their That's mics right. with them. That's right. A lot of people bringing their mics. I, I I have a mic, so I'll be I'll definitely be bringing it when we get back. I mean, I don't. So although at this point, who the hell knows when that's going to be? I mean, I I don't like to I don't like to speculate, but I don't think it's going to be soon. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to be soon. And I think you, it's so funny, you're so, like, zen and adaptable with this. And I am, I have just been, like, I miss telling my most vulnerable jokes to, to unlistening white men on their phones. I miss it. I miss it so much. I miss it. The first time I get heckled again, I'm going to kiss them on the mouth, I think. I just, I miss it. I miss it so much. All the things that I hated, I miss so much, you know. Unlistening um, white men on their phones. Love it. That's Love what it. it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, I, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I, the open mics, the, most of the open mics I go to, like I host an open mic at the comic strip, um, which, you know, I think people pay attention during. And yeah, um, yeah. I, go to Fel- I go to Felicia Madison's mics at uh, Westside Comedy yeah. Club. And, and people generally that. pay attention. Yeah, people pay attention during those. Um, although, you know, not exclusively. I mean, I've even been guilty of looking at, looking at my phone. It's hard to not look at your phone. It's, it's kind of ridiculous how difficult it is to not look at your damn phone. But, and, you and know, it's... The point. the point is to get people to listen to the nonsense that you're saying more than the vast things of knowledge that they're they're holding in their phones. Like you're holding every avenue of information in the world in your phone and you're supposed to listen to my black ass talk about like, my boobs <laughs> and my mom. Like, you know what I mean? I, you have to, that's the challenge. You know what I mean? That's the challenge. That's how you make the best jokes because you have to force them to listen. You know, I don't know. Do you seek out mics? Do you seek out mics that are with more people of color? Um, I, I mean, that's hard to do <laughs> anyway. But, but I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what there is. I mean, I, I keep hearing I mean, about am, mics up I'm, in Harlem and stuff, but I've never gone. Yeah. But I'm in Brooklyn, and, like, I usually stick to, like, the Brooklyn mics, and, and then oh, okay. on the weekends, do, like, the Lower East Side, and, you know what I mean? Uh, I'll do the West Village and the Lower East Side. I'll do those, like, standard mics. But I... I tend to, because I'm queer, so I tend to go more to the the queer mics, and like those tend to be a bit more um, welcoming and opening and diverse in those ways. Um, but I've noticed that I, I really need those, like what some of us dub the toxic mics. I need those mics. I need the mics full of rooms of straight white dudes to be better. I really do. Really? Like, so you, so you, you, it, cause it works for you. It helps you. It works for me. I need a balance, right? I need to go to the queer mics because I need community and I need people who are going to listen so that you can, because if no one's listening, you can't change anything because you don't know what's going on, right? Right. You don't um, get any so feedback. You, just know, yeah. you don't get any feedback. But once I've honed it a little bit, then I like to go to the mics where it's a lot tougher, where people are less likely to listen. And that then tends to be where I'm, I feel like I'm on fire. The risks are working better and all that stuff is working better because of the challenge, because I know nobody cares what I'm about to say. And so I have to make them care. And that, that tends to be, I like the balance of that. Um, but every once in a while, I mean, like I did like Harlem nights and like one of those, but like, I didn't do them as much as I, I wish I had. I, I was so, you know, uh, I was like, oh, it's going all the way to Harlem. It's so well, it's a pain. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's gonna, you know, it's, it's a schlep. I mean, the re- one of the reasons I don't go is because it's a, it's a schlep for me, and I'm in Manhattan, so it's not nearly as much of a schlep as it'd be for Brooklyn. <laughs> By the way, Brooklyn, I keep meaning to get out to Brooklyn, and then I'm like, eh, it's a schlep. I don't really want to go out that far. I mean, after this, if once they let us off punishment, I'm you gonna see me at all those. <laughs> I will be uptown, downtown, everywhere. I do not care. I do not care. I'll come to your house and tell jokes in front of your kids. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same. I had the same thought. I really did. I, I, I very much was thinking. You know, like, 
all those things that I didn't do, you know, because it's too far. It's too far. Like I, I meant to get headshots, and I'm very uptight oh. about my appearance, and um, because I haven't aged well, and so I haven't gotten one. And it's silly because now I need a picture. Like I keep now for, of all the times, like now I really do need a picture. I keep coming up with things where they're like, oh, we need a picture for this. We need a picture for this. And I'm like, eh, you know, I'm taking like a video screenshot or something. And it's just, yeah, it's not as good. Um, yeah. And there was no reason to not get the picture taken other than just, you know, like, well, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. And uh, yeah, as soon as this is done, let's go get, let's go, let's get them done. Sure. Whatever you want to do. Same. I was like, oh, I got to get new headshots. But first, let me save some money so I can get my hair really done and I can fix my, like, you know, my face was breaking out a little bit before this. So I was like, oh, it's not the time to get headshots. Oh, girl, I'm so mad. I'm so mad at myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, I'm I'm using ludicrous pictures. The pictures of myself that I'm using are just absolutely silly. But, you know, that's what I got. The pictures of you on the beach with a bad suntan or no. <laughs> Might as well. No, well, well, the one the one that people keep using where, like, they go to my website or something, and they'll um, yeah. they'll take it. They they keep using the one I did a Blue Man Group commercial, so I'm all done up in blue makeup. Um, so people keep using that, which is at least funny. So I don't you know I don't mind because it's amusing looking. But, you know, that's not really a headshot. You can't use that going forward. I don't you know. know. Just... It works. It hides your flaws. You can't. I mean, it must <laughs> Oh, I look so really? fat. It, 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 was, it was also like um, it, was, it was also like a good 15, 15 plus pounds ago. Like, so, like, I'm not, I'm not thin now, but I was heavier then. So I really, it, it's not a good look. But whatever. Oh, well, then after deal. this, you're going to come out and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, you're so hot. What a skinny legend. Look how much weight you've lost. Because yes, exactly. You, when, when you were blue, you were just so fat. The, the, the blue ass, exactly. 20, 20 pounds, easily. Blue is not your color. Easily. <laughs> easily. So, uh, so tell me who are some of your favorite comedians. Um, okay, so my favorite comedian is Maria Bamford, and for, like, personal reasons, I, I, I don't think I'm very Maria Bamford in my comedy. Like, my comedy style isn't very similar to hers, but she is my favorite. Like, she's one of those comedians that I'm like, I wish I could do that in my own voice, right? <laughs> right. Um, yep, no, I know what and- you mean. Like, I, I, I really, I, I love her the most. But, I mean, as far as, like, my a lot of my heroes, my comedy heroes kind of, kind of, a lot of my comedy heroes were just, like, straight white dudes uh, who disappointed me. Like, <laughs> like Louis C.K. was my favorite comic, if you would ask me. He was just my favorite. And, and, and like, I, I mean, that he was my favorite. Mark Maron was my favorite. Um, I, I did like a lot of these. Uh, com- I mean, I still love Mark Maron. What am I talking about? I still love Mark Maron. Um, Aziz was also one of my favorites. All, all my favorites were white dudes that ended up in the news. <laughs> so, what did, wait, what did Mark Maron? Did Mark Maron do something? No, Mark Maron didn't do anything. Uh, oh, okay. Mark, did, did Mark Maron do nothing. Mark Maron did nothing. Oh, okay. I, just, I was, was going to say, I was like, did I miss? Wait, what did he, what did he do? Who did Mark Maron so do he's something terrible to? I still, I'm still listening to him. I'm still good. I'm, we're still good. Me and Mark Maron are still cool. But like the rest of the ones that I would consider my faves that were kind of like summarily, you know, ticked off. Uh, but I guess for now, I mean, I do love me some Tignataro. I love me some Tignataro. I love me some. I mean, Yvonne Orgy's new special is coming out. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I love. What was, what uh, was that name? Yvonne. Yvonne Orgy? 
Yeah, Yvonne Orji is uh, is coming. Up. She's a, she's on Insecure, uh, and she's kind of like, but she was a comic for a long time before she got the role on Insecure. You know, HBO's Insecure. You get HBO. You got somebody. Yeah, yeah. Her? No, I know. I, I haven't seen the show, but I know it. You haven't seen it? Like, oh, so I haven't seen season four at all because I haven't. Since season had the four already. Jesus. I know. Oh, God, yes. But she's she's a good comic. She's a great comic. Um, Paris Sachet. I really love her. Um, I think she's like an amazing icon of like black femme queer comedy and also being just super dirty and hilarious. That she's a big hero of mine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like uh, I like I like a lot of people. I like a lot of people. We could be here all day. I did. You're good. You're doing good. This is a good list. Um, it's oh. Larry Larry Wilmore's involved in that show. I didn't realize that he's he is uh, yes. he is amazing. Yes, he's amazing. I think he is. He's like one of the big producers, like that actually made the show come to fruition, right? I think that like, he's a guy who could make a show happen. Yeah, like because I, yeah. I was because she. I mean, she's obviously having a terrific career, but but I, at that at the time that show started, I think she was not, you know, someone who could greenlight no. something. No, the only thing she had was the Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl on YouTube, which is incredible. That's right. She, that, but the, no, but that's right because she was she was a YouTube she was a YouTube person. Yeah, yeah, and like, and that was a great series, but a, a huge departure from what actual Insecure turned out to be. Um, but it's also like a fun, silly thing. I love that series uh, and that title. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. She took that title from me. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, it's Insecure. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, the uh, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. What a great name oh, for Oh, okay. That was, okay. That was my memoir title. What am I going to do? It's a, good, it's a good title. It's a good title. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, uh, you'll yeah. have, to look, you have to think of something else because she's definitely taking it. But, um, <laughs> but so, um, all right. So have you, have you, do you say you've done the virtual open mics or not so much? Yeah, I've been doing the virtual open mics. I've been doing a few of them. I've been doing like I hosted a few. I did uh Don't Call Me Sweetie. I did the I did the Monday mic marathon, the Felicia Madison, the Westside Comedy Club's uh Monday mic marathon. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Um I've done Firestarters a lot. Um let's see. Oh, Firestarters begin tonight. I keep forgetting. Um yeah, I've done like a few here and there and I've hosted too. And like, I've been doing some of these virtual shows that has been, it's been really good. It's been like a nice little respite from me in my own brain. That's been nice. (laughs) From spending time with myself. It's been nice. So, I mean, I think, I think there's a story in your trip abroad. I mean, that you're going, I mean, except you said you did not get up on the open mic stages there. I did not at all. I just went. See, in the movie, like, in the you, movie, I think you need to, if I, if you don't mind a bit of, if if you, yeah, if you don't mind right. a pitch, I feel like that's a good, I feel like that's a good movie, don't you think? I think that you're would be really fun. Right. It's way more interesting than me traveling all the way to Bangkok to not go up, <laughs> which is what I did to sign up for my and then go no. <laughs> well, but it's hard. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it took it took me a long time. I mean, I'm I'm you know almost fifty. I mean, it took it took me you know my entire life to be able to start doing this, and it really took like somebody dragged me into a class, and then I, I realized I was like, oh, I've always written jokes. Like I just never yeah. got up and performed them. But I've like like when it came time to do that first five minutes, I was like, well, let me see what I got. I went back through my notebooks, and I realized I had a bunch of jokes. You know, oh, most wait, of them I'm not doing anymore. But you know, it's jokes. like the thing that I do. 
Oh wow! See, I used to say jokes. I was I was that kid that like you know had a little comment back and forth about my name or about a thing, and you know I had a little snappy comeback. But I never sat down and wrote jokes, right? I'd written like little scripts, and, and I'd written, of course, stories and essays and blah blah blah. But I never sit, sat down and wrote jokes. And when I finally was like, all right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna open mic, and I'm gonna write jokes, I was like, I have no jokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or anything I wrote was just stupid and terrible, which is part of it. And I didn't realize, like, oh, no, no, you're just going to be – it's just going to be bad. And you just have to deal with that. And I think that's made me so much stronger in so many ways. You go up and you bomb, you're like, oh, I survived that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's what it really is. It's all about doing it and then then surviving it. I mean, you talk about, you know, mics that are toxic or – you know, bombing on a show or whatever. I mean, that you, you know, you're some uh, a great comedian that I know, Eric Marino. He's written for a whole bunch of shows, and he he says, always remember you're not on fire. And I thought that was really good advice because there because That's you feel like advice. you're on fire, right? Yeah. Like you feel like you're on fire, but you're not. You know, it's okay. It's not a big deal. You got to be fine. Yeah, I mean, that's so funny. That, I think that's good advice for literally anything in life. Remember yes. you're not on fire. Yes, exactly. My go-to response to any mild inconvenience is, I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that is some solid advice. Thank you, Eric Marino. I'm yes, Eric is, Eric is the best. <laughs> Eric, Eric is terrific. I don't, I, he's, on, he's on Facebook. I don't think he's on Twitter or Instagram, which uh, you, know, which, which you got to be these days. Are you, are you a big on the social medias? Are you into that? I mean, I'm just getting back into Twitter. Um, Instagram I'm on. I'm, I'm building on, on Instagram. Facebook, all my aunties are on Facebook. I don't understand why <laughs> all the comedy things on Facebook. They're like, can you tag and share? And I'm like, I don't need my aunties to hear me talking about titties. It's just not. It's just, it's not that's a different problem. But, you, know, you don't have that problem? You don't, you don't, no, no, you don't I was going to say, that's, that's, a, that's a legitimate problem. Oh, no, that's a real problem. My mother's on Facebook. Okay. So, you know. Like that's where that's where all that's where all the family members are. So if I do, I I did a joke about a family event recently, and I realized I don't want to do this. Like I can do this at an open mic, but I don't want to do this recorded so that it'll end up, you know, being be, being broadcast on here. That's not that's no good. Has your family seen you do comedy? Like yeah, most of them have. Can you do? Um, the, it, it, I mean, it, for the most part, it I, my stuff is very directed at myself. You know, like it's really, it's really me, my kids, my wife. Um, but you know, yeah. things are starting to creep in, especially with quarantine. Things are kind of, you know, yeah. with quarantine, I'm a little bit more like, Bleh. you know, like whatever. I don't really care, um, yeah. especially at Mike. Care? Yeah, like we're all trapped inside. We're all trapped inside. There's a global pandemic. What? I'm so. Oh, were you offended by my joke? Wah. Yeah, exactly. What are you gonna do? You gonna fight me? You gonna fight me? Go sit yeah, down. Exactly. I have to wear a mask when I go outside. Okay. If I can't say my dopey joke, what is the point? What That's is the point? Right. That is right. Absolutely right. Oh, my God. Uh, how old are your kids? How old are your uh, kids? My, kid, my kids are older. They're 14 and 19. Okay, so are you homeschooling the 14-year-old right now? Yeah, I am. Luckily, he's a good kid. He's not really requiring a lot of intervention. Um, so as far as we know, we checked over stuff. So to the best of our knowledge, he is doing what he's supposed to do. 
You know, there's always the best the school. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta hope that he's smarter than y'all. That's all it is. <laughs> yep, yep. Not too much, but yes, absolutely. No, I mean, look, I don't know what this is. I mean, it's not a lost entire year, but I mean, the the, the year is definitely not. Um, yeah. You know, they, it, I mean, I don't. I mean, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna not? They gonna fail them? I mean, because yeah. the internet connection's not good enough. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's art. I, I wouldn't want to be in that. I wouldn't want to be a teacher in all this. That that would be that would be super annoying. Oh my god. Like, and then I, I wouldn't want to, more than I wouldn't want to be a teacher, I would not want to be a parent during all this. Like, Yes, I, you, ju- you literally just said one of my jokes. <laughs> that, oh. is literally, that is literally a <laughs> line from one, of my, from one of my routines. I don't even want to be a parent right now. You got it. Uh, this has been oh, so yeah, much fun, and I am so grateful to Rebecca for putting, for putting us together. Can you tell people where to find you on the social medias? Um, oh, yes. Please find me on Twitter at Sharia Did That, Sharia, S-H-E-R. I A did that on uh, Instagram, Sharia Mattis comedy again, S H E R I A M A T T I S comedy. Eh? Um, uh, don't, please don't find me on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> please don't find you on Facebook. Oh yeah. What is your, prefer- is there, is there one that you're more active on? For sure. But please follow me on Twitter. Please follow me on Twitter. I, I, I have three. I'm going to follow you on Twitter right now. Oh my goodness! I have four followers. <laughs> um, oh, also, um, May 29th. So I run a, a queer femme POC comedy show uh, in the Before Times. Oh, I see it uh, in the Before Times. It's called Loud Bitch Comedy. I don't know if you'll be able to say this on the podcast. You can. Um, but oh yeah, okay, word. Yeah, um, Loud Bitch Comedy. We are coming back. We are bouncing back uh, after the nightmares on Zoom. Uh, May 29th, Friday, May 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, hit up Loud Bitch Comedy on Instagram to see what's up. Uh, and Great. follow me, I will stalk you. Please. please. All right, fantastic. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, please stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brett. Please stay safe. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.